guys, it's Britt Dowd, and welcome to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, where every week we bring you episodes to positively and intentionally impact not only your business, but your leadership, communication, and personal life. Yes, we talk about mowers, fertilizer, and irrigation, but we put an emphasis on growing you as a leader and growing your business skills. We do this through interviews with other small business owners, growth segments where we dive deep on a micro business topic, and documented episodes from our own seven-figure business, Green Again Lawn. All right, lawn care leaders, turn your headphones up. It's time to get back at it. Hey, what's up, guys? In today's conversation, I am joined by Jeremy Connect of J. Jacobs Grounds. Jeremy and his company are based out of central Illinois, and they do landscaping, mowing, regular maintenance, lawn applications, lighting, and enhancements. Guys, this conversation was really, really fun for me. It was one we had never done because we, we landed on the topic of women on your staff and women in this industry and all the benefits that come along with it and why more business owners should be employing women as a part of their lawn and landscape company. It was really, really good, will be really, really impactful for you to think about moving forward and making hiring decisions. Other thing that we talked about was some customer service and then also finding your sweet spot as a business owner and what that looked like for Jeremy at J. Jacobs Ground. So appreciate you guys listening today, and we will let you hop right into this conversation. Like, I'm interested to know, like, more about the sweet spot of of where you found yourself now. I know you've, you've been doing it for 11 years, is what you said, and you're, you're, you're loving the top-line revenue, Mark, that you're at. You love the margins that you're at and you don't really want to add a ton of staff and management layers and you've just, you found yourself in a good sweet spot. So I'm curious to know the details that come with that and then the best part of that for you. What's the, what's the best thing about finding your sweet spot finally? Yeah, for me, so I am a sole solo owner, so, you know, I'm not in a partnership or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I appreciate about where we're at right now, basically I still handle all the upper end management decisions, uh, but I do have help with all my marketing. I've got a gal that helps me in the office, um, doing paperwork, but it gives me the flexibility. All of our employees, um, are rather part-time. And I feel like if I go to the next level, uh, which would maybe, you know, push me over a million dollars gross, I feel like I would have to hire on people that were, I would have to dedicate, you know, full-time pay and wage packages to. Yeah. And that, it seems like an an added stress in my life that I I don't know if I'm ready to tackle. It just, in the wintertime, I like the flexibility. If me and my wife want to take a couple weeks and and go somewhere with our kids, um, I can do that. I don't feel like I have to keep the fires burning back here at home to keep people busy and working. Um, so basically we're able to generate, you know, our, our gross at around, you know, 700,000 or so with what I would call part-time help, help that comes on in the spring, which would be like the first part of April. And they're done the second week of December. 
Um, and I do have, like I said, one gal that helps me part-time in the wintertime, but otherwise we don't have much going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've kind of found that balance. It sounds like, so, so the best part is just, it, it sounds like the flexibility, right? Correct. Yeah. So basically I got all January, February, and most of March to really slow down both in my, um, personal life and more time at home do some traveling if we want or work on some projects at home and really unwind. And then by the time spring comes around, I'm ready to get out there and get, get, get back on the, um, you know, the mowing crew and get back out getting work done. Yeah. It's really yeah. a nice time to just recess. Yeah. Okay. So that, so that, so the flexibility is nice. What about, you know, because with, with any decision, there's there's good things and there's bad things. And I'm thinking for our audience now, our, our listeners, they're, they're going to sit here and they're going to think, oh, you know what? I want to get to that sweet spot. And and I think for me, it's it's hard to picture that because I'm a... I'm a man of progress. I, I truly believe at my core, you know, if you're, if you're simply staying put, you, th- that's not possible. You're either somehow growing or somehow dying. It's just like, it's just like grass. Now, does that mean growing top line? No, it doesn't always mean growing top line revenue, but it could mean, you know, figuring out how to become more efficient within your business or, growing the people that are on your staff into better technicians or into better leaders. And so I'm wondering what is, what's the worst thing about trying to maintain and trying to find that sweet spot for you? Yeah. I mean, there's just always, um, I guess the worst thing would be is if, let's see, I'm trying to think this one through because we're in a position financially as a company where, um, we've, we paid off all the equipment and, nice. um, we are saving up for a, a shop. We're just renting right now. And so as long as I can kind of control my net and, you know, keep it, we're doing, it's, it's around 30% profit on that gross number. And if we just keep taking that to the, the bank every year, I think we can pay for a shop in the next five years or so. I don't really see a drawback other than maybe it would get boring. Um, the challenges, you know, the challenges would be gone as far as reaching for that next level or expanding. Um, but to me, I'm very content with, you know, the, the income we bring in, what we're able to set aside, you know, for equipment and stuff for the next year. And then, you know, like I said, we're, we're kind of putting aside for a shop or whatever. And that's something that to me, a brand new shop isn't a necessity. Um, it doesn't, it may make you more efficient. It's more convenient, but really the customer could really care less what your shop looks like. Um, we're renting right now to get by fine. So in a position, we'll see any huge drawbacks. Now, maybe, you might lose an employee. Maybe you've got a really good employee working for you and you tell him, you know, basically, you know, we're not ever going to get bigger than this size of a company. Now he still could be making, you know, over 50,000 a year for you. But if he wants to get into doing a bunch of hardscaping um, or, you know, doing something down another road, he's not going to be able to do it here at our company because I, I just don't really want to get into that. 
Um, yeah. And so yeah. that would be a drawback. You may lose an employee because he wants more of a challenge. No, that's a, that's a really good point, man. That, that, that's some really good stuff to think about. And so ha- has that happened to you would be my next question. And then the question after that is kind of what, what is the vision that you cast for your team when talking about where you're at and what the future looks like? Yep. So uh, to answer your first question, we're kind of in the process now where I've got two guys on board with me and I've talked with them long-term, um, like after five years, they, they would hope to go out on their own and have their own either excavation company, landscape company, probably not mowing or maintenance, but they want to go past what we do here at J. Jacobs. And that is fine. So basically I kind of, how we go about it with our employees, I usually sit down in our uh, interview before I even hire them. And, and I want to know what their vision is. What is their one to three year goals? What's their five year goal? And where do they see themselves in 10 years? And I really get a good idea um, for what they, what their dreams are. And then I can plan accordingly and, and most times we get a good three to four years out of, out of our employees. And they're usually young, anywhere from like 19 up to like 25. Um, we have some that are a little older than that, but that's usually the, the type of young kids that we pick up. And it's fine with me if I get a good solid three or four years out of them. Um, and then, like I said, I do have one young lady that helps me here in the office. She's been with me. I think she's on her sixth year or so. Um, and this is, this is where she's going to stay. Um, but she, she likes getting out doing a little mowing, but she likes the office part. She's got a, um, company vehicle and I just given, I've given her more responsibility and more management type stuff to help take that load off of me. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. All right. So I I think you might've said it, but I maybe misheard or just want to make sure I hear you right. How many team members do you have now? And I know they're, they're all part-time. Yep. So in the peak season, like when we have our high school help, I think we had 12 on the crew this summer. Wow. Um, but okay. then in the spring and the fall, when they kind of go back, uh, we're down to like eight. So we lose like four of them. Okay. Okay. So, but on average between eight to 12 on, on a normal, normal year and yep. <clears throat> one office gal. Now we, I know we were chatting earlier there's some uniqueness around your, around your cruise, right? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So when I started the company, like back in 2009, um, my sister-in-law was available to, to help work. So I thought, sure, we'll give you a shot. And I was really impressed um, the way she caught on to running equipment and really making the property shine, you know, doing those little extras. I, I kind of, it's almost like cleaning the house. Um, where the women are just a little bit better at wiping down the insides of the sinks and everything. And mm-hmm. the guy, they'll clear, clear the counter off. And but maybe they won't go around at the very end and get all the water spots off the, the chrome and all that. But yeah. women are like detail oriented. So they, once you taught them how to use the equipment, how to use the stick edger, how to blow the grass all the way into the grass, not just to the edge of the sidewalk, like they, they, they follow through and like, wow, that really makes a difference when I do that. So anyway, we have used um, a lot of young ladies through the years to help us get our jobs done. And right now our crew is made up. um, I think it's like over 50% actually of young ladies that help. And our customers actually prefer 
of a lot a lot of the young women over the guys. Um, just the detail to the attention to detail and um, that wo- woman's touch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there. That man. This is. I, I love this uh, uniqueness about your company, and I love that you have taken some of the natural tendencies of of a woman that can be on your staff and and ju- and just like not necessarily like tried to hide it it's like hey we're we're going to own this is who we are and and the customers are benefiting from it i'm i'm picturing the same thing i know you brought up like when a, a husband and wife are, are cleaning you know the woman can be a little more thorough same way for me it's like <laughs> i can go into a pantry and look for something and it's almost like I've seen it twice, but like consciously didn't register it. And then my wife can go in and just find it in like 0.2 seconds. There's just, right. there, there's just some things that a woman, a woman can do better. But what, what's cool, man, is we, so we've never, so we haven't had a, a woman on the show, which we're in the process of working on that. But I know that our audience, um, there's a lot of spouses that listen to it and a lot of women entrepreneurs out there that would like to get some of your perspective. And so with the attention to detail, with being thorough, with that kind of, I'm picturing a caring touch on the property, with all of that in mind, for our women listeners out there or for guys that are thinking about bringing more women on staff, what is the single greatest impact that you can capitalize on within your company when you hire a woman instead of a man? Yeah, I would say organization. Okay. Um, that, that's what would come out in my mind. So when we have a woman, you know, come in for the first time, she might be a little overwhelmed. Her confidence might be pretty low because she sees all this equipment. She sees these trucks and she's got to back the truck out of the shop and she's got to know how to choke the, the hedge trimmer to get it started. That's a lot of overwhelming stuff. So we've, We've um, we've made all of our equipment standardized is the word I'm looking for. So we run only steel equipment and all of our mowers are fuel injected. We do things so that every mower exactly the same. It's not, oh yeah, that one there, you've got to make sure you push your finger in on the on-off button because that thing's fixed. You know, there's no, yeah. everything is, is turnkey the same. So once they learn one, it's the same on all of them. So that builds their confidence level. And then... Then I'd say, you know, once they've been here a year, year and a half, I, I, I'll, and I'll tell them, I say, hey, I know you can do a better job than me at, at coming up with a system for our, you know, maybe it's our spray storage. So all of our chemicals and stuff in our chemical room. So you guys, you guys put your heads together and come up with a good system of storing this stuff. It's a mess right now. And, and I, I delegate, just take care of it. And they, they enjoy that. And I think they feed off of that especially if I, you know, give them a good budget to work with, like, Hey, you guys spend what you need, get, get the shelves you need, get the containers you need and give them a long leash to work with. And it's never failed. They always come back with an awesome system. Um, when we redid our workbench area, I mean, we had a mess before we went out and I said, Hey, we're going to buy you some cabinets. And I just, I let them do it. And they go through and they, they organize stuff and throw stuff away. And it's just a guy I don't know what it is, but um, our guys just they they look at it through a different lens, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, the girl is like, it needs to have we need to have ample room for this stuff. We can't try to cram it all in this little space. 
everything needs to have a spot and it yeah. needs to be in there. It's almost like a guy is look. A guy looks at it like, is it workable? Like, will it work? And a, and and a, right. and a woman will look at it. Is it is it functional and is it organized? Yep. And is it easy for a person with an elementary thought process? I'm not saying that women, but when it comes to tools and stuff, they, they I guess since they haven't been around it as much as maybe a man has, you know, they're more simple minded when it comes to things. So they get they approach finding something or looking for something in the tools differently than we would. We're like, yep. Oh yeah, it's in the third drawer down. Yep. Even though it's in with a bunch of clamps, we know that that pliers is in there. Well, they're like, well, why don't you stick the pliers with the rest of, you know, yep. little hand tools, yep. um, simple stuff like that. Yep. Man, that that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I, I love that topic about, you know, making sure that you're, you're like, so if you say, for example, let's take it over to selling, you know, business owners can sell to somebody, a homeowner at like a seven to 10 education level. Like, Hey, I'm educated on this topic, but we really have to simplify our message and get it down to a two or a three. And so yep. that's really in essence, what has happened is that by them coming in there and not knowing how to work with the tools, they're not hindered by a previous bias that another guy would have where he looks at it and like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. And so he grabs it and moves on. But at some point that does reduce the efficiency, you know, or it clutters something and at a very high level, it helps your guys' SOPs. So, you know, standard operating procedures, having somebody that doesn't know the business or hasn't been in that spectrum of a department is really, really great because if they can go through this new <clears throat> system outline standard operating procedure and figure it out, you, you know, you've done your SOPs correctly. And it sounds like that's what they've done. So the first thing you mentioned was consistency for them. Make, make sure that your, your business is set up to where it's consistent and they can kind of get over that fear of the unknown. And then the next thing you said was de delegating details. Uh, what, what next would you say after that? Yep. So then I think just naturally, um, and, and I don't have any scientific data to back this up, but I would assume that a worked up customer um, would respond a little different than when, when a woman shows up to, to maybe um, talk about the issue than a guy. I don't have any scientific evidence to prove that, but when a, a nice young lady that she's, she's clean and well-dressed, she comes up and says, Hey, I'm sorry, your annuals, you know, they're struggling. We overlooked this, this fungus that just wiped them all out. We're going to go ahead and replace them for you. Um, it, it just seems that the customers, they have more of a, a tenderness or a soft spot. Yeah. And it, 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 it goes over better, I guess, with maybe some of our customers that are really picky about different things. Yep. You know, they'll call me and I'll be like, you know what, I'll, I'll send Sarah out there. And then at the end of the day, I usually get a call back from the customer saying, Hey, Sarah came out. She did a great job. She really worked hard. I uh, appreciate you getting on that. Yep. Not saying that it would have went any differently. Um, but especially we do a lot of what we call like seasonal displays and like bedding plants and gardening type stuff where we're doing pots. Um, and I, I really think a, a woman fits really good in that role um, for different decorations and stuff. So, 
that's been an area with our high-end residential customers and some of our commercial clients that just being able to say, you know what, I'm going to be sending Sarah out there. She's going to take care of it for you. Um, Very cool. Very yeah. Forward. I love, I love the point about like an angry customer. I, I think yep. anybody listening to this podcast would agree as a general rule, women are better communicators, especially when it comes to things around feelings of anger, hurt. Um, so maybe you've, whatever it may be that that client is expressing to you, because of a mess yep. up or a screw up, a, a, a woman like, so my wife in particular, I, I'll, I'll just speak uh, through my situation so I don't get yep. myself in trouble here. But like my <clears throat> wife, like she can put herself in somebody's shoes and literally feel all of those same, uh, same emotions, almost the same level that that person is going through. And me personally, like it is, it's really hard for me to do that. It's really hard for me just mm -hmm. to hear something in passing and then boom, split second, put myself in their shoes and know exactly what they're feeling. Like, oh, they're angry. And yeah, they're not angry just because of the pots. They're probably angry because da 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 da. And then, right. and then now you know exactly what that person's going through. And so now you know how to communicate with them and get on their level. Cause that's in essence, what we're trying to do is we're trying to level with the customer and solve a problem. And so I, I absolutely love that point. Is w would you agree? And then, do you have any stories of that happening? Because I, I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, basically, one of our um, company policies is not necessarily that the customer is always right, but we will always show kindness and understanding to the customer. And so that's where I come from and as an owner. And I make that clear here at our office with, with all of our crew and with all of our people that, that work for us. But that is the attitude I have and that we have is that we will always smile. We will always be kind, even when the customer is, is off. Um, so they know that they have my back uh, when they go out there that, you know, we're going to be nice. We're going to, we're going to take the short end of the stick. And um, so they, you know, they go, out to the customer and they, they just know that what Jeremy, he would always take the short end so they, they can go there with that tender approach rather than the approach that we're going to tell them why we're not at fault. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it'll, it'll eventually come around but and, and sometimes it's through humility that the, the person that's all worked up, the customer that's all worked up, when they see the humbleness, they see the the willingness to make it right, that's when they actually see their own fault. And then they call me up and say, you know what, Jeremy, I was I was a little off. We'll go ahead and pay for your lady to come out. What she did today, she did an awesome job. And, you know, we didn't do a very good job watering those annuals anyway. Um, it's happened time and time again where the we're on the phone. I'll try to deescalate the, you know, the, the customer, get them, get them not worked up and say, you know what, we're going to come out and we're going to take care of it for you. We're not going to charge you anything. And that usually that really calms them down. And then if you can send someone out there that works their tail off and does a really good job, I would say over 50% of the time I get a, you know, a, a response saying, you know what, we'll pay for it. They did an awesome job. So if you can, you know, a de-escalate on the phone and tell them it's going to be taken care of and make sure that it's not going to be a, any additional cost. 
Yeah. Um, and that, that so much, so much magic hurt. happens in those situations. Like I, when I first started, I, I would shy away from, from the angry client, but about two or three years in it, you, you just realize like that is where you, you can separate yourself from the other companies show up in those yep. moments and, and lead with truly caring and, and yep. show up, make sure they know, Hey, I'm present, I'm here and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it right. And, and yep. you will get that one outlier client that is just completely irrational and you don't want them next year anyways. But if you, right. if you show up and then number two, lead with truly caring, uh, it sounds like that's what you're saying. And I, I, for us, that is, that has never failed us. Now yep. we make mistakes. Don't, don't get me wrong. So I don't, this, that's, Make sure you hear what I'm not saying. Like we, we 100% make mistakes and we are at fault for stuff. I mean, it's, it's just human error, but we're, we're there, we show up and then we truly care. Yep. There was one instance, um, I got a couple different times. The first one was the first year I was in business. The first, I remember a couple of weeks of working and there was a lady at a condo association. We pulled up to her house and we had, we had just motor yard the day before and she came out just irate that mm. we were not cutting her grass short enough and her dog couldn't even make it through the jungle of a yard that she had. And, um, she was just, you know, the, the, the vocabulary was just flying off the handle at me. And I remember I was with my sister-in-law who had just started working with me and she was just blown away that a customer could be this upset. And, um, so then we, you know, obviously something like that's going to burn an image in your mind. So we always made sure that on her yard, we mowed it lower than the rest of the lawns. She ended up being super in it in a matter of months, super nice lady. She ended up babysitting some of my kids for me later on and years later on. And I've got pictures of me and her, um, and ended up being an awesome relationship. But again, it was just, it was out of the heart of, um, humility, I guess, or just not trying to, you know, there would have been a, a lot of things I could have got defensive about because we mow all the lawns at four inches and that's what's healthy for the turf. It crowds out the weeds and I could have just went on and on with a list of why we didn't, um, but it wasn't the timing right to yeah. go into that. And I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cause you can show up and you can truly care. You can put yourself in their shoes, but we all have stuff going on, right? Like yeah, that, that lady, there, there could have been something going on right when you guys showed up that, that set her off. And so she was already mad. And then, you know, she was kind of mad about the lawn, but the fact that something happened before you guys showed up made it even, made it even worse. And so that, that, yep. that that's another thing that we try to do at green again is it's like, I, we tell our guys like, you can, you can also just like be human and just talk to them. So as yep. you're, as you're chatting, like let other personal stuff come up. You're not, you're not only there to look at a weed that was missed. So many times mm -hmm. we show up to spray a weed and we find out that their dad just passed away or somebody's battling cancer. And, and, and that is like, that's your responsibility to make sure that you make room for that and that you're not so scared of, of getting chewed out that you miss what's really going on because behind, behind every one of those scenarios is something else going on big or small. And, and it's, it's on us as owners and operators 
to, to try to carve that out. Yep. Yeah. We've had a couple instances. I mean, there's been a lot of times, but in a couple instances where we've done uh, lawn treatments in a, in a time in June where we would like do broadleaf sprays and then it would follow it with two weeks of like really hot temperature and those, and we would get a lot of burned grass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that, you know, that certain day was bad, but the time afterwards was horrible and it never recovered. And, you know, in those times you, you've got to, you got to communicate to the customer that, Hey, you know what? Um, we were, we're being paid to make your lawn look better and we made it look worse. And, and <laughs> there's a couple, there's several times where we basically went in there and told them that in the fall we're going to aerate overseed and it's all on our dime and they didn't get charged for any of the treatments that we did just because it was, it was basically, we were hired to make their yard look better and we ended up making their yard look worse. Um, and I don't feel that's fair to the customer. Now I know there's probably different takes on that, but as me, I would, I would rather make it right with them and just hope that, you know, they are happy and they can tell someone else what a great company we are and go from there and, and move forward. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Move forward from there. That's, that's really good, Jeremy. Well, let me ask you this circling back a little bit, but what on, on, as far as like young ladies that work with you, um, and then for our listeners, you know, they're out there thinking about hiring a woman or putting a, a, a gal in a new role, whatever it may be, but what, what would be the most beneficial thing for your culture within your organization whenever you bring a woman on board? What would you say to that? Yeah. I mean, the the number one, I would just say probably conscientious is the word that I would, would use someone that is conscientious about a, my property as a business owner, when they get in my truck, you know, whether it's a NPR Zizu and they're driving down the road, I feel like they care and they're going to be protective of that more than a guy would. And it's just a, a natural thing. I feel like um, they're going to take their trash out of that truck at the end of the day, whereas a guy has a tendency to leave his McDonald's cup and a couple of Red Bull cans on the bottom of the floorboards or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like just for me as an owner, how they take care of and how they are a steward of Jay Jacobs's property. And then it just carries over into the job that they're doing. They take ownership um, and they're more conscientious and maybe tenderhearted. If they do make a mistake, they're not going to try to hide it or cover it up. They're going to call and say, Hey Jeremy, I can't believe I just did this. Mm. Um, they're very transparent. Okay. Awesome. What, wh- why do you think more male business owners in the green industry do not hire women? I think it's uh, the stereotype of our work is very labor intensive. And so they just naturally thank a guy, um, you know, but when it comes to mowing and string trimming, um, garden weeding, we even have girls that um, are licensed that do lawn treatments, you know, all of that is not that labor intensive. Yeah. It may be a grind all day where you've got a lot of cardio in, but honestly, the young ladies that we have, they all have Fitbits and they want to get the steps. They want to get the miles in. Um, and so 
that has never become an issue, the physical side of it. They have always, um, there's never been a time where the girls are like, ah, no, we can't, you know, that's, I can't push a wheelbarrow with most. That's, that's not for me or whatever. Yeah. But I think that's probably number one in my mind is just like, ah, can a girl keep up that sort of a thing? Yeah. Um, that's what I would see. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, I know we've covered a lot, man. I, it's it's been a it's been a short time here, but we we've already talked about uh, the the women that have come on in your organization and have really made a positive impact. I I love that. I, I love that story. I love that you are you're you're a little bit pushing the envelope for our industry because, like you were just mentioning there, like the stereotype of labor in our industry, you immediately default to, oh, it's a, it's a male role. So I, I think that's, I think that's really, really cool. And I appreciate you sharing like the sweet spot you're at and, and being honest and open about that. And then even got to touch on some, some customer service stuff, man. So really unpacked a lot here in, uh, in this half hour that we've been together. So I appreciate you joining my, me and uh, sharing some of your story insights with, with our listeners, my friend. Yep. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. You take it easy, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Brett. Hey guys, that is a wrap on yet another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Thanks again for letting us hang out with you and we appreciate you hanging out with us. Please subscribe, leave us a rating and review. And if you found this at all helpful, please help us by sharing the podcast. And uh, we wish that you would continue this conversation. If you want to chat it up about some topic that happened or maybe you have further questions, you can find us over on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're going to be posting YouTube and uh, LinkedIn content as well. So you can find us on almost any platform. And if you'd like to further uh, grow your business or find out more information about Intentional Growth Advisors or one of our other show sponsors, feel free to click the link in the show notes and you can see those there. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us and we will be back with you again shortly.